guys, welcome to it. We are braving it yet again. And this time, we are braving it with Pastor Israel Piri, who is known to all of his beloved congregants as Pastor Is. How are you? Oh, I am uh, blessed and highly favored. And um, I'm so blessed to be here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for making the time. No, it's good to be here. I'm excited. Um, your podcast is, it's always got great gifts and great insights. So mm. I'm definitely honored to be a part of it. So Pastor Is has his own church um, that he founded with his beautiful wife and the church is called Shapers Church which is based in Randburg. Now it's a church that I've recently started to visit and I'm slowly making it my home. It is certainly becoming my home. Yes. And I must say Pastor Is what I love the most about your church. Number one, naturally the messages. Yes. The messages are always, always, always on point. But there's other hygiene factors that I must stress. Everything is done orderly, in an orderly fashion. I want to commend you on that. Um, I must say, time-wise, just procedures, how things, it's just so orderly. It's very, very beautiful to see from where we are seated. Going to your church, it has a warmth to it. Everybody who is serving is serving from a position of heart. There's a lot of heart that is injected in what people get to do there. And that tells me a lot about the man, the leader behind all of that. So that's why I want to double click into your life because just the very fascination of all of that lets me know what kind of leader you are and that's the kind of person I would like to, you know, have a conversation with on a platform such as this. So thank you. No, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Now, what is up with the black? Look, I have always wanted to know. <laughs> you are always kitted out in black. Black attire, head to toe. Literally, I think I've been to your sermons a couple of times and each time I get to your church, you're always kitted out in black. And so I thought I would meet you halfway today. Oh, wow. Thank you. What is up with the black? Um, I think it's my favorite color. I okay. love black. Okay. Um, black and blue. Those are my two favorite colors. Nice. Um, but um, there was a time I was very flashy. I used to wear many <laughs> colors and uh, many flashy suits. But... Yeah. As I'm advancing in age and approaching Abraham's stages of life, mm, mm. I've just become more and more of a, just a minimalist. You know, I don't want, um, I always want the attention to be on the word of God mm. and not too much on me and what I'm dressed like or what I look like. And I just find black just being um, easy to manage and easy to match. Um, and I just, I just love the color black, you know, particularly yes. for, for church and for for ministry, I think also it it has a certain. We're a very dressed down church, mm. but I try not to be also too dressed down because okay. I want people to also be able to take um, what we are saying as well seriously. Yeah. I, I never want a situation where, for example, if my jeans are ripped, mm. let's say I'm saying something that's going to save someone's life, and just that rip, they they change the channel. <laughs> And, <laughs> and I hear that. maybe for I my own that. selfishness, I wanted yeah. to wear ripped jeans, yeah. but I've lost someone who I could have helped. So, so I just love the whole minimalistic uh, vibe of black. It just, it's just 
And black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. <laughs> Don't yes. we know it? Black is beautiful. Yes, it is. Now, Pastor Is, when, young, when, other, when other young men were pursuing careers like accounting, architecture, engineering, you pursued ministry. Now, how did that come about? Well, I love those uh, professions you mentioned. They're very high-powered. Mm -hmm. And uh, with ministry, ministry is a calling. It's something which God calls you to do. It's mm -hmm. not something you choose to do. Many times you're on a different trajectory. Um, initially, I was drawn towards computers, technology. Um, another side of me was drawn towards the legal profession. But God interrupted my life as a teenager. I got called at a very young age mm. and started serving um, in ministry and pastoring um, a youth ministry okay. at a very young age. And the thing is with the calling of God, once it's on you, um, there's nothing you can do that will make you happy. And whenever I do this, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't have any formal. This is the one thing um, I enjoy the most, 24-7. I mean, even just in the reception there, if I'm not writing something, I'm reading something. Wow. And I enjoy it all the time. Even my wife sometimes complains that I will bring commentaries and Bibles upstairs while they're watching a movie. Mm, I'm mm. like, this is my Netflix, man. This is, wow. She's like, this is work. I'm like, for me, it's not work. I enjoy yeah, it. It's, it's like, life. the way you're enjoying Netflix, I'm enjoying uh, Ephesians. Mm, 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 <laughs> I'm enjoying mm, mm. this. And it shows. It shows when you're up there. It yes. definitely shows. Now, what would you say is the hardest thing about what you do in just referring to pastoral ministry, what is the hardest thing about that calling? I think the hardest thing in pastoral ministry sometimes is just processing uh, the pain, difficulty, and tragedies mm -hmm. which different church members go through. Um, it's something I don't think I was 100% ready for because after a few deaths, after a few sicknesses, after maybe a divorce here and there, um, it actually, you actually find yourself being affected. Oh, like when someone shares, like, I'm, I'm depressed or I'm suicidal, or, yeah. and, you're, and you're walking through these various things with them, or you go to a hospital, you see someone who's just, you know, they were fine yesterday, but now they're on life support or something. Oh. Um, there is a residual, um, there's an impartation of pain. People's pain, you carry. Someone's grandmother dies, you carry. Someone phones you, my dad died. It's like your dad died. So mm. just processing mm. the pain mm. of people in a church, um, that's the hardest part. Just processing the pain of people mm. is the hardest part. Sure, yeah. Um, I actually never thought of it that way. I actually never thought of it that way. I, was, I thought you were going to say people who are not typing just really get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how deep and how profound your response is in that. Um, sure, okay. That's why it's a calling, it's not yes. for everyone. Yes, yes. Has there ever been moments when you have wanted to quit ministry because it just got too much? I call it, it's the greatest temptation of any pastor is quitting. That's the biggest temptation you're going to face as a pastor. Um, and in fact, quitting is part of anything that you're actually called to do, whether you are wanting to be an accountant, an mm -hmm. engineer, anytime you find your calling and you want to achieve it, you're going to feel like quitting every now and then. 
But if I'm to reflect, which was probably the hardest year of my life was when my father and sister passed away in the same year, like a six month um, mm. period. I think I went through one year where I don't know how I preached that year. It was just, it was tough. It was tough. Um, like my dad died on a Friday, mm. but Sunday I had to preach, go to the funeral, come back. It was, it was tough. It was tough. You didn't it? take time off? Um, there was, at that time, there was no one to, to step in at that time. Oh, so I had to steal. Um, I had to still uh, preach. I, it, was, it was a very difficult time, you know. And mm. then just less than six months later, my sister was battling with cancer. She just sent us all a message in the group chat. Goodbye, I'm going to be with the Lord. And I'm like, what is she saying? And then a week later, she was gone. And it just, so it was just, I think those two particular um, mm. deaths were very mm. difficult. Mm. But I also like just to mention that the good part is I've been through that grief and through that pain, but there's also a place of healing and restoration. Mm. And in my context, I can gladly say right now that I am 100% healed and um, I can't wait to see them again. I'm not carrying that pain I had then. Mm -hmm. There's a place of healing where grief, there's a point where some people say, for some people they say you carry it forever. Um, but I, I've made a place where I can proudly say that I am actually healed, restored, mm. and um, I know I'm going to see them again. So I don't feel like that pain. I actually okay. feel joy. Okay, you feel joy. Yes. <clears throat> Which actually brings me to the question about your prayer life. Now, we ordinary people who are not in the pastoral ministry, when we go through stuff, Sometimes praying can be one of the hardest things to do. Mm -hmm. You can become so paralyzed in your problems that reaching out to the source, to God, is the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. As a pastor, as a man of God, do you have those moments where it's just too difficult to pray? I think uh, in the context of me, I think the battles of prayer come from not necessarily from pain. I've seen that my most powerful prayers are in pain. Mm. And a lot of those prayers are not long. They're not, they're not a lot of vocabulary. Sometimes it's just, God, help me. Mm. Or God, yeah, I don't know. God, you gotta, you gotta help me. You gotta help me to, to solve this or to figure this thing out or to survive this. But I've never in my journey ever had um, prayers where I blame God or... Uh, or those job kind of prayers mm. where God mm. take my mm. life or anything like mm. that. I've never really had those kind of prayers. Mm. But what I'll say in terms of troubles with prayer, I think they relate more to the dynamics of a mega city. Just the scheduling sometimes, getting too busy to actually craft that, that time of prayer. Okay. You know, managing okay. all these different things. Okay. I think the challenge comes more from a time factor than uh, a pain factor. So, Pastor, as you reached out to me some few weeks back and you were just asking, how are you doing? And to which I responded that, you know, there's difficulties here and there. And I was in, a, in the thick of it. There was a season that was really tough. And I'm, in the, I'm still in it, but towards the end tail of it. Praise God. Um, praise God. Now, there's a song that, that I grew up with. And it's a song that served us in many difficult occasions. And the song was Be Still and Know. 
how are we to be still and know that he's God in those moments when things are so difficult? In those moments, we have to, first of all, just lean into his holiness and understand that he's a holy God. There's nothing that is happening in my life where it is God being evil or God will not do anything or allow anything to happen to me, which he hasn't seen and he hasn't allowed. And I have to know that there is a divine purpose behind everything and I have to learn how to trust him that he can see a bigger picture than me and I have to learn how to just put my faith in him mm. and the best way sometimes is just like and you nailed it right there worshiping because sometimes worship is what you need in those moments because like you said sometimes you might struggle with mm. what to, what to pray mm. but worship sometimes gives you the words to pray through worship so Ooh, I love that yes. it gives you the words to pray yes love that and one of the one of the beauties of earth the worship on earth is different from the worship in heaven because in heaven there's no pain but when we're here we give a, a, a level of worship which heaven cannot produce because Ooh. it's worship that is given in pain that's given in doubt we can't see the glory of god the throne of god like the angels we are seeing difficulties and african problems <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we have to worship god in that context so I think there's a greater weight um, to earthly worship than even the worship we're going to do when we're that side because our worship has that ingredient of pain and not being able to, to see heaven. Um, it's a, there's a greater weight to that. So when you're in that season of pain, your worship is different. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, Pastor Is, you've been in ministry for how long? Um, 20 years. 20 years? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready for 20 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I have a newfound respect, but okay. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, people in your own ministry come and go, church members come mm -hmm. and go. What feeling does that leave you with when you have poured yourself into every single message, poured yourself into serving, poured yourself and availing yourself into these people's lives and suddenly they leave. What does that leave you with? Um, every time someone leaves, you're on trial. It's a test. It's a test of your heart. Are you going to be bitter? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to curse? So there are certain safeguards I've just put in my mind that I'll never ever speak bad about anyone who leaves our church, whether it's uh, publicly or to the leaders. Unless they live in a, in a way that's disruptive, I might just address the, um, the issue. Mm. But uh, I'll never go on the pulpit and say, you are now cursed because you've left mm. us. Um, and you're never going to rise wherever you're going. Mm. Um, but uh, people leaving, definitely, there's definitely some pain also involved, um, whether it's in a good way or a bad way, because you do develop um, a relationship mm. with them. Mm. Um, there's ungodly soul ties and there's godly soul ties, right? So you do develop a certain emotional link to everybody. Yeah. So yeah. when they leave, um, it's like sometimes it can feel like a breakup, you know? Mm. Um, and it's, it, it can be painful and you have to now safeguard against bitterness, anger. And when you meet them again in a different context, to not also make it weird or mm. difficult. Um, so no, it can be hard. Like, in, like the first days, 
um, it was hard. But the, but the, the more you remain um, in your calling, um, you're able now to just process that a bit better. Mm. But one thing I will say is I've never cursed anybody. Mm. There's no one who has left who I hate or, or wish any harm. Mm. Um, and yes. just trust God that, you know, um, if they're meant to be with you, they will be with you. There's nothing you can do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who's meant to be there will be there. 100%. Whoever's not meant to be there. It's, it's, it's even like relationships. The right one, you cannot make the wrong one, the right one, mm. no matter how much you try. Mm. You know, if you're dating someone, no matter how much you try to make the wrong person the right person, you can't do that. So it's the same with people as our church. You know, those are meant to be there, will be there. Those are not. There's nothing you can do. Mm. Share with us briefly your understanding of tithing. Now, if I am not tithing into the church, but I am taking my money and I'm sharing it with my extended family members who I know deeply need that 10% equivalent. Mm -hmm. If I'm sharing it with an NGO or a cause <clears throat> mm -hmm. where I know the money is going to, you know, go to people who are, whose lives will be enriched for the better. Would you say that that is the same thing in God's eyes? That that is still a form of tithing? No, that's a very good question. Um, okay, with tithing, the way I look at it, I look at it from a scriptural level. I look at it from uh, an honor level, I look at it from a gratitude level, then I look at it from a common sense level. Hmm. From a scriptural level, um, tithing is in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament. It's a, it's a form of giving yes. that um, there's, different, there's different forms of giving, yes. but tithing is just giving 10% um, of your income to the house of God. So from a scriptural level, there is a scriptural basis for it. Mm -hmm. And then number two, from an honor level, I, I define honor as the ability to recognize value and to respond to the value you recognize by adding value to it. So when you're getting value in any place, mm. uh, wherever you get value, you respond by adding value, whether it's Tasha's, whether it's a movie house, whether it's a school, every other environment, where you get value, you respond by giving value. So I don't see why the church, if you're getting value from there, why you shouldn't respond by value. And then there's also a gratitude element where you just want to be thankful. That I want to thank you, God, for giving me um, this ability, this intellect. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the wisdom to study uh, my engineering. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the... The, the wisdom to apply for this job here. Thank you, Lord, for this job. Thank you for this income. So as an act of gratitude, mm -hmm. I'm going to give. Mm -hmm. And then finally, just as, a, as an act of common sense, you know, everything in the world, if it's not financed, it's going to cease to exist, no matter what it is. Oh. If, if you don't finance your school, it's not going to exist. If you don't finance your political party, it's not going to exist. If you don't finance your car, it's going to be taken. If you don't... So if you want that church to still exist, it's not going to exist from prayer alone. There yes. has to be um, just common sense that I still want this church to be here and let me tithe to this church. And then in terms of giving outside um, like to an NGO and to family mm. and to the poor, um, from a scriptural level, that's not tithing because you're not giving to the house of God. But... 
it's very important but you're recognizing value in terms of let's say what that orphanage is doing yeah. and you want to support it yeah. you're more than welcome um, to support them and it's also important to support uh, family mm. and my opinion is there's those who teach if you don't tie to church you're going to be cursed mm. um, but I think under grace you're not cursed if you don't tithe and um, but just from uh, just from a common sense gratitude just thinking in terms of okay this is my church this is where I'm benefiting mm. let, let me tithe and let me let, let me give here but you'll yeah. not be struck by lightning Mm-hmm. If you don't, God is not going to punish you or kill you <laughs> if you mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not a heaven and hell issue. If you never tithe in your life, you're still going to heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're still mm-hmm. going to heaven. There's mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. he's going to say you never tithe. Yes. Depart from me. Yes. <laughs> it's not a non-essential issue. But yeah. if you want your church um, to exist and to still function, I would encourage you to tithe to it and to, and to give to it. But at the same time, if you do have um, other initiatives outside church as a mm-hmm. Christian, we, mm-hmm. we have to help the poor. We do have yeah. to help our family. Yeah. We do have to identify other ways to give apart from church. Apart church is not the only church. place yes. the believers call to give. We're meant to be generous in all areas. Family, the poor. I never miss an opportunity. When you know those KFC, when they say, how many kids yes, do you have the feed? Two I always feed two prophetically because yeah. I've got two kids. Ah. So I always say, I never say no. When they say, do you want to feed children? I would say two. McDonald's have a new one. Do you want to help children? Five. I always pay for two because I've got two kids. And I'm like, Lord, one day remember my kids. May they never starve. So we must never lose wow. opportunities to give. We must just be um, generous in all things. Now, Pastor, is what is the biggest thing that you are currently braving at the moment? The biggest thing I am braving, I would say, is balancing family, church, um, there's some other studies I'm doing. So just, just balancing all these various time things. And as kids grow, particularly mm. in the South African school system, there's mm. a lot yeah. always happening. Yeah. You yeah. know, braving parenting and braving church and braving just the, the demands of time demands. in Joburg yes. are, just, are just frightening are just frightening. So I'm just braving just the hectic, and I know a lot of people in Joburg are going through the same thing, mm. just the demands on time are what, um, are what I am braving right now. Thank you so, so much, Pastor Ace, for coming. Thank, Thank you. you for choosing to brave it with us. Thank you. I believe you've got a delivery that you are uh, busy with preparing for tomorrow. Yes. So yes. thank you. And then you still have Sunday sermon that and you're going Sunday. to... Sunday. So we really are lucky to have you, blessed blessed. to have you here. You're blessed. I'm blessed. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Guys, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Braving It. This is Pastor Iz from Shapers Church in Randburg. Hope to see you one of these Sundays, but definitely we'll be seeing me more and more and more. Me and my children. (laughs) (laughs) Like, subscribe, comment on this particular episode. Thank you for watching.